CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Your Bendrovsky Show for Tuesday, March 16th. Ben, are you going to be wearing green tomorrow? Got all about it. St. Patrick's Day. Oh, you're going to get an <laughs> online pension if you don't. Oh, man. Uh, God, a lot of drunken people. I'm going to stay away from the subways tomorrow in the elevator. Well, I, that's, that'll be easy because I haven't been on one in a year anyway. Since. Well, do whatever you want. Just wear green tomorrow. If not, oh, I'm riding my bike over there and you're just getting <laughs> 50 pensions. <coughs> oh, man. It's the COVID kicking in. Don't worry about it. I'm all right. The show's just moments away, but before we do this, let's thank our, our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago Federation of Labor Sponsors. We love unions. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show brought to you by the Chicago Reader. I'm also their union, too. Uh, ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know about the city of Chicago, what to do, where to go, what to eat, how to think politically. Uh, just so many questions will be. If you're just a clueless Chicagoan boy, get a clue. <laughs> ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe. And also, while you're at ChicagoReader.com, click on Ben Jarofsky, that's a little column there up at the top. There you'll be able to find our endless archive of episodes, over 900 episodes. That's right, people. And also, you can become a binhead. If you like this program and you're just thinking, boy, I'd really like to help these two weirdos out. Well, you can. <laughs> ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. You can become a binhead. Yes, that's what we call avid listeners of this program. It's a three-tier system. You can either be in the alley, the avenue, or the boulevard. Find out more, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Also, Ben has a book coming out. Yes, it's called His Greatest Hits, covering 40 years of Chicago journalism. And it's out now. You can get it. But if you become a binhead, you will get a deal on that book. And rumor has it, if you get on that boulevard level, you'll get it for free. So go check it out. <laughs> Ben Jarofsky's greatest hits, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. It's good times. All right. You have a song of the day, Ben? Uh, boy, I tell you what. Frank just cursing from the get-go here. It's from Nina Simone, Mississippi Goddamn. Oh, what a great song. But, Frank, I cannot do this song credit. Mississippi Goddamn. I think that's the whole point. Like, you know, yeah, you can't I give can't any of these it. songs credit. It is truly one of the great songs of all time, but I just feel like I'm uh, denigrating the great Nina Simone to even attempt to do it. But it did. Mississippi got. And then the piano kicks in. I mean, I'm trying to think back on all of these songs of the days, and I haven't heard one that you gave, you know, some good credit to. They're all just not good versions. Wait a minute. Hold it. Let's not rewrite history. Now, hold on. Let's go back in time. There we go back to about two weeks ago. And uh, I sang the Bob Dylan song and you said, here, I'm playing oh, the tape. You're right. Oh, my God, Ben. That was absolutely brilliant. You're right. Where can I see you in concert, Ben? I want to see you right now. I want the CD. All right. Now you're rewriting history. <laughs> but that is true because Bob Dylan is the worst singer on earth. Yeah, you did a better job than Bob Dylan. All right. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. Tuesday, March 16th, and live from my apartment in Chicago, not my mom's house, and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, political power couple, Lorene <laughs> Targos and Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Reach Out and Touch Tuesday. And here's why. Good week. You have a good weekend, D? Yeah, yeah. very good. I was yeah. back home. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ate like crap, so I'm trying to nip that at the bud. But yeah, it was a good weekend. You're trying to purge your system right now? I love Dairy Queen. 
Oh man, do I love Dairy Queen. God, I love Dairy Queen. Uh, yes, and I, I'm happy to see you're back safe and sound, so that's really good as well. Uh, I had a, uh, a kind of an 80s vibe weekend in many respects. And uh, on Saturday, I got word that marvelous Marvin Hagler died at age 66. And for you non-sports fans out there, uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and yes, Marvelous was part of his name. He legally changed his name to add Marvelous uh, to the front of Marvin. So it's Marvelous Marvin Hagler. But anyway, Marvelous Marvin Hagler was one of the greatest middleweight fighters of all time. He was an iconic 80s character. I mean, this was a golden era for boxing. I don't want to go on and on too much, although I can. There were some great fighters, Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. Uh, and... Uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler fought them all. He uh, backed down from no one. And uh, and then he walked away at the height of his career at age 32 uh, to make a career for himself in Italian movies. I love that. He walked away from boxing before his brain got splattered by too many punches. And he had a deal on the table, ladies and gentlemen, for a $15 million rematch against Sugar Ray Leonard. I, I didn't think I was going to talk so much about boxing today, D, but I just am all fired up just thinking about marvelous Marvin Hagler. He walked away from $15 million, went to Italy, and did Italian movies. When I heard he died... This is how uh, peculiar I am as a human being. I spent the better part of, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes watching trailers for these movies on YouTube. And what a trip. Marvelous Marvin Hagler would open his mouth and out would come Italian. <laughs> I don't speak Italian. So I don't know what he was saying, but it sure looked good. And Brian Dennehy was in the, on this movie as well. Uh, Brian Dennehy, of course, great actor from the 80s and the 90s. No, great stage actor. Uh, he was in Chicago and uh, like did a Eugene O'Neill in Chicago. Tremendous performer. I, I just like I'm watching this trailer. And there's marvelous Marvin Hagler speaking in Italian, although not really. It's dubbed. And there's Brian Dennehy speaking in Italian, although not really. It's dubbed. Uh, and I had this vision of a producer on the phone, like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, talking Dennehy into coming to Italy to make this movie. And I could hear the pitch. Hey, Marvin, Marvin Hagler's going to be in. He's going to be in it. Uh, I hope everybody made a lot of money. Anyway, rest in peace, champ. Uh, that was just part of the 80s weekend. I watched Coming to America, the original, an 80s movie. It was better than I remembered. I, I watched it to prepare myself for Coming to America, the sequel, but got distracted by the Grammys, so I wound up watching that, and I'll get around. What you, to, what you uh, think of the Grammys? What you think of the Grammys? Big Cardi B fan or what? Uh, very disappointing with this year's Grammys Day. I have to tell you, uh, first of all, I don't know the music. I have to confess. So I watched the Grammys for the, the costumes, the spectacle, the sizzles, the, uh, the great productions, the enormous stage dancers coming at you from all different angles, all the stars and all the glitter cheering and, you know, it, when they strip it down because of the pandemic and it's just the uh, the only people in attendance are the folks up for the, the actual Grammys. Yeah, you know, it's like, why am I watching this again? Would you, uh, it was Bill Burr. He was uh, he was there. right? Was he the host? No, the host was Trevor Noah. Oh, Bill Burr presented, right? I don't remember. Eddie. Yeah, I think he Burr. presented and he's gotten he's getting a lot of flag for it. Like, like who is this lunatic? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't you know what there's uh there's the Grammys that are on TV and then there's the Grammys that are off TV where they give out awards for um you know like traditional music uh blues jazz no, none of the stuff that sells so the the people the stars the awards that they show being given away on TV are the ones for the big names you know, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Cardi B, the ones who sell millions and millions of uh, records. So I think the comedy album may have been, I don't know, I don't know what Bill Barr was doing uh, at the- uh, He was Grammys. presenting, he, he was presenting an award and he like, he was, he mispronounced a name and he's just like, oh God, these people probably got a problem with me. <laughs> Who's this cis male up here? Fucking lunatic. Uh, it's great, it's a great imitation. Uh, I didn't see that. That may have been on the, the pre-Grammy show. Uh, but, uh, anyway, I woke up and said, I got to get back to work. And I see in the papers that the Democrats are huddling in the white house, Joe Biden and all his aides and advisors. They're trying to figure out what they can do to get more Republicans to get the vaccine. It's a humane act. Can't really defeat the virus. 
until everyone's immunized and everyone can't be immunized if they don't get the shot. But there's a problem with the subset we call MAGA, that is Trump voters. MAGA's not really taken to uh, the shot. Some don't believe the pandemic is real, so why do they need a shot if it's not real? Some don't trust the shot. In general, they don't trust vaccines. They don't trust anything the government says you should take unless the head of the government is Donald Trump. And they certainly don't trust anything that anyone who's remotely liberal, like Joe Biden, would say you have to take. I mentioned this last week that uh, President Biden wants to have a normal 4th of July this summer where families gather around the barbecues. Safely, that's the key. But you can't really do that if people aren't immunized. Not that people aren't going to do it anyway. People are already gathering around the barbecues, gathering around bars and houses. We'll be talking about this a little later when uh, Dennis does the local news. Folks, I get this idea that people have really decided that uh, this whole pandemic thing is over. Uh, so if people don't take the shot, don't get the shot, what's Joe Biden to do? Well, I suppose you could just let people get sick, but that's not really humane. Plus, that just means emergency medical teams, doctors and nurses, et cetera, and so forth, have to treat the sick people. So this is how desperate they are to try to uh, figure out ways to get uh, Maggie to take the shot. They're debating whether to enlist the big guy. Yes, they're debating as to whether they should enlist Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, to join the chorus of people celebrities saying get the shot now, at the moment all the living ex-presidents have called on america to get the shot all the living ex-presidents except for one donald trump obama did it or as uh i'll not do my obama imitation obama did it as did clinton w and jimmy carter but no donald trump and it's pretty obvious that none of these other living presidents, Obama, Clinton, Bush, and Carter, are going to have much sway with MAGA, especially Obama and Clinton. Just having those two advocate the shot means a lot of people the MAGA persuasion won't trust it even more than they don't trust it already. So the Biden aides are figuring a public service message from Donald Trump would help. And it's not as though Donald Trump doesn't believe uh, in the vaccine. He's already received one. Now the issue is, is he going to urge his followers to get one? And you know, this is not going to come cheap, people. I don't think it's going to happen at all, getting Donald Trump uh, to give a public service message. But if they do reach out to him, it's going to come for, with a price. Donald Trump has been a transactional character his whole life. And so his first question when someone asks him to do something is, what do I get out of this? So if President Joe Biden is going to convince ex-president Donald Trump to do a public service message for getting the shot, Trump's probably going to want to get something out of it. What do you think he'd ask for? I think he'd ask for a full-out presidential pardon. Can you imagine that? President Joe Biden pardoning Donald Trump? Man, the heads of MSNBC viewers will explode. <laughs> They've been waiting for the last four years to prosecute Trump. Monroe Anderson, my dear friend, comes on the show every Wednesday. He would be at the, at the front of the line protesting that one. But who knows? Anything can happen. It's like the old TV show. If the price is right, someone will pay for it. And Donald Trump is going to be looking for the right price. We've got a great show today, everybody. The political love couple, as Dennis says, or the political power couple from the 25th Ward, Laureen Targos, uh, EPA scientist, political activist, uh, and great leftist extraordinaire. Joined by her husband, Alderman Byron Sixel Lopez. Lovebirds on the show. You're going to hear me go, all right, guys, stop <laughs> holding hands. Hey, quick, get a room, guys. Answer the question. Hold on. Yes. No love, no love birding on the show. Wait, I'll do my imitation of a lovebird. Caw, caw. Sorry, dude. Uh, and uh, Byron Sixel Lopez, a lot of environmental issues to discuss. Uh, we'll be talking about General Irons uh, in the news as well, but the uh, emissions proposal coming out of uh, Lori Lightfoot has uh, divided. Well, the, it passed the city council uh, committee the other day, but a lot of environmentalists are against it. Uh, and uh, so a lot of and get to see what their reaction is to what Joe Biden is up to. A very provocative article uh, in the reader by good friend of the show, Leonard Goodman. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, uh, but uh, 
uh, Leonard Goodman who comes on the show. I think he may be the the leftiest. Is that a word, D? Leftiest person who comes on the show. Oh, no. Sam Holloway. Sorry. Sorry, Leonard. You're number two to Sam Holloway. Uh, but a uh, very interesting article in The Reader by uh, Leonard Goodman that I've reached out to him to have him come back on the show and talking about how uh, Democrats should not be bamboozled uh, by Joe Biden. Joe Biden has not moved far enough to the left. So interesting stuff uh, from Leonard. And see what uh, Lorene Targos has to say about that. Byron Sixel Lopez. I also talk policing issues, attitudes toward Mayor Lori Lightfoot. He's not one of the Mayor Lori Lightfoot's favorite, Byron Sichel Lopez. That's putting it mildly. They've had a few feuds uh, right up there. He's right up there with the other Lopez, Ray, Raylo, Raymond Lopez. Uh, and may you ask him what he thinks about Ed Burke as a reformer? So plenty of uh, environmental news, national news, and uh, local politics to discuss with Lorene Targos and Byron Sichel Lopez. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man they call the doctor, with the news. B-Y-R-O-N-S-I-G-C-H-O-L-O-P-E-Z. Not now, Byron. Later. <laughs> You're on we too early. Play. We got to play that for him. I don't know if he's heard that one. I know Lorene has heard it, but I don't know if he's heard it. <laughs> Something funny about it. I don't know what it is. It's just funny. It's spelling his name. Hey, I've been there a million times. I've been spelling my name. Oh, my goodness. I do it like five times a day for the last... 40 years. Oh, and uh, Biden pardoning Trump. Oh, boy, I'm just trying to picture it in my head. Sounds something like this. Play the radio. Make sure the television, <laughs> the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. Yeah. And at the bottom of it, uh, we pardon you, Trump. <laughs> he's, I don't think he's going to call it. <clears throat> Look, that's just a bizarre notion that popped into my head when I was reading the newspaper today, when I was reading that story about how uh, the, the White House aides are really wrestling with the decision. I mean, we have a divided country, ladies and gentlemen. We know about that. We talk about it all the time. The, com- the country is split. And uh, I, when I like watch the Grammys, D, I've, t- I've, met- I've mentioned this to you before. Like you could see like the attempts to reach out to MAGA America and they're just so futile. You know what I mean? There's like a country Western or, singers that come on i guess that's their attempt to reach out to maga but by and large it's not a maga crowd this country is so divided so everybody will get up and if they have any politics that they'll mention it'll be uh, lefty politics you know that's um that's that's just sort of part of a trend that's been going on and on uh in this country for the last 30 years or so where uh what used to be events like Grammys and Emmys and the Oscars that the whole country, regardless of political affiliations would watch. My guess is that as each year passes, it becomes more segmented. The audience is politically divided. That's definitely the case. I think with the Grammys. Uh, so yeah, just imagine Biden, the white house trying to figure out a way to get Megan to get the shot and trying to enlist Donald Trump, Man, who is going to make that call if it comes down to that? Who is going to call Donald Trump? Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. President, uh, uh, how about doing a public service announcement? Uh, he's going to hold out for a full pardon. You watch. Hey, guys, how's it going? I'm Dennis. Hey, what do you say we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, huh? That'll be fun. We begin in Illinois, and we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. I'd love to win a Grammy. Oh, Ben, you watched the Grammys. Any update? Did J.B. Pritzker get a Grammy? <laughs> Did not get a Grammy. I mean, Did Cuomo got an Emmy. Grammy? What's that? I mean, Cuomo got an Emmy. Yeah, Cuomo. Have they taken that back yet? They should take that Emmy back. Don't get me started on Cuomo. He's up for... Cuomo is has already announced. Sorry, there's a tangent with a tangent. Sorry, Dee. Andrew Cuomo was a uh, last elect. First of all, he's been elected. Let's see, 2010, 2014, 2008, three times. And he announced a year ago that he was running again in 2022. So he's already announced that he's running for re-election. Even as many of the leaders of his party, uh, the Democratic Party in New York, uh, say he should step down. So man, have the mighty have fallen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Andrew Cuomo got the Emmy last year. Everyone loved him. Even I was starting to warm up to Cuomo. And <laughs> then, I don't like the guy. Then Trump lost. They needed someone else to focus on. And they're like, oh, yeah, that guy. What a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> in my defense, I was calling him that uh, before Donald Trump. But, uh, yeah, no. Pritzker didn't get a Grammy. Didn't give a Grammy. 
Cuomo wasn't there. Damn. Cuomo didn't return. Is that wouldn't that be something? If Cuomo showed up at the the Grammys and go, "Here, take Miami. I just happen to be in town. I'll see you." But no, no Pritzker at the Grammys. And you, um, you did you see the performance though? The t- the most talked about performance of the Grammys: Cardi B and Megan The Stallion performing yeah. their hit song, "WAP." Yeah, it's, I I did not know the song. I and oh god, I shouldn't confess this. Uh, I'd never heard of Megan The Stallion. Well, no one really had until about, you know, maybe six months ago, eight Wait, months ago. Know, do you have another confession to make? A lot mm. of times I'll see people at the Grammys and uh, I'm like, oh, that's a good performance. And I'll immediately forget I saw them. It just doesn't like sink into this baby boomer brain. And then like two years later, I'll stumble upon them and I'll probably tell you, oh, my God, did you hear about this guy? It turns out I saw him at the Grammys three years ago. So, No. I uh, did you watch it? Did you watch the call? Oh, hell no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's funny. I'm texting all my friends. Uh, do you guys watch the no one? No one watched it, yeah. except for me. Now, the I song thought. that was performed was called WAP W A P, which is an abbreviation. Ben, what does W A P stand for? Um, w A P stands for Washington Area Project. I wish. <laughs> I, I like your answer better than what the actual answer is. All right. So uh, I can't, I can't even say what it is, uh, you know, uh, what that stands for. So we're just going to move on, but I uh, look oh, it up, look God. it up online. Everybody okay. on the live stream chat knows a lot of people on the download. know. just look it up at WAP, what that stands for. All right. Hold on. Let me look it up. Right now. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Hold this would be good. This would be good. This would be good. All right. Hold on. And don't you w- say w- it when you w- find w- out, please. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. I typed W A S. Don't want to do that. No. And okay, here we go. Uh, no, that can't be it. All right, here we go. (laughs) I think that may be it. What? No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness. (laughs) No, the first one I saw was witness area protection. I thought, oh, that can't be it. They wouldn't (laughs) sing a song about witness area protection. But they will sing a song about. Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know what? This show. Last week, Dennis and I reached a conclusion. If you recall, last week we said no more swearing, offensive language. We're going to clean it up. We're going to pretend as though it's regulated by the feds as opposed to just a, a podcast that's unregulated. So I am not going to read what it's, what it means. I uh, was not aware of it. Okay. You were tapping your toes. Boy, this is a catchy little song. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> Honey, let's dance. Well, I love this song. I want the t-shirt. Oh man. I ordered it too. It's coming in the mail. It's going to be kind of embarrassing. Good thing. No one can see uh, this show. Just hear it. We wear it. Hey D look at this new t-shirt. I got Cardi B. By the way, for 10 trivia points, who did Cardi B endorse in uh, last year's presidential election, Dennis? Bernie Sanders. Very good. Excellent. And Megan the Stallion? Wait, do you even know who? <laughs> uh, she, she seems like a, a, she, a, Buddha, a Buddha judge guy, but I don't know. She endorsed Trigger, uh, Roy Rogers' horse. Get it? <laughs> Megan the Stallion? Guys, guys, we are full of them today, all right? <laughs> We had some audio issues there in the beginning, but we're good. We're good to go. You got to hear that. So don't worry. Uh, yeah. So once again, uh, we begin with Governor J.B. Pritzker. I'd love to win a Grammy. I said that last time. All right. I have no public events listed for the governor, but the hell with his public events, because we will all have public events going on once again, as Governor Pritzker is looking toward a strategy of reopening Illinois. Let's begin with phase one. Afraid not, sir. Afraid not. In fact, I never thought we would see the day, but we are working our way toward phase five, baby. Find the governor at the next Eagle concert uh, in Illinois. He loves the Eagles. Uh, and Stephen Miller, don't forget. Oh, yeah, Stephen and, Miller. and Stephen Miller. And Stephen yeah. Miller. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. Governor J.B. Pritzker and his public health team are poised to release a retooled plan to reopen Illinois and end the majority of the COVID-19 restrictions as soon as adequate numbers of residents are fully vaccinated. IDPH Director Dr. Azike spoke Monday about the plan, and she let it be known that while, yes, Illinois will be reopening sort of in their own little way 
We're not getting rid of masks. She said, quote, we're not getting rid of masks. We think masks have to continue to be a mainstay. ZK's remarks came during an Illinois Senate Health Committee hearing. She told senators the governor may unveil plans for a phased-in reopening later this week. News the governor's spokeswoman confirmed. During the hearing, Azike said moving from the current phase four, which the state has been in since last summer, to phase five of the state's coronavirus reopening plan likely won't be a, quote, off switch, but maybe a dial meaning that the state may see at least one more phase of lessening coronavirus mitigations before a full reopening. Azike said, quote, it really does involve how much of our most vulnerable population has been vaccinated. And of course, that starts with our seniors. So once we see like a great majority of our seniors vaccinated, that should get us to another level. And then we can start having at least larger size gatherings, like everything open up with some kind of capacities. Yeah, I, I did. I, I don't know. Maybe I've just been in this uh, attic for too long. But uh, it just seems to me we're always um, getting so excited about reopening. <laughs> and then, oh, here comes a spike. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I don't want to be. You know what? That's the other thing I decided. Yeah, Debbie Downer too much. If Pritzker and Mayor Lori Lightfoot and all the other governor, Governor Abbott of Texas want to open everything up. I should join the parade. You would but be a, you, you would be a David Downer, by the way. You're, oh, yes. Yeah. David Downer. Yes. <laughs> Doobie Downer. How about that? Uh, Doobie Downer. Say that 10 times. Doobie Downer. Doobie Downer. Doobie Downer. I, I, I'm just not feeling it. I've seen it. We've lived through it. The spikes. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty nervous about this. And I got to tell you. It's weird, too, because you hear stories, and I realize these are anecdotal stories, or not anecdotal, I mean, these are actual stories that, uh, but you don't want to draw too many greater conclusions about them, but uh, my wife told me about a friend of ours whose daughter got uh, COVID, and they think she got it at the dentist. So now I'm like, oh, do I cancel my dentist? By the way, I got a dentist appointment coming up, didn't mean to tell you that, okay? So should I cancel my dentist appointment? You know, that's that's what that's what living in the attic does. I mean, you will have really clean teeth, you know, I mean, that's a trade. That's a trade, right? Hey, I got COVID, but boy, my teeth are awesome. Look at these pearly whites. I've I've been to the dentist twice, at least uh, since the pandemic. I didn't think twice about it. And it's I'm so close. That's the other thing, dear. I got that first shot and the second shot's coming in a couple weeks. And then after that, I could go to the dentist every day. So, uh, you know, I think it's I think the paranoia, it's like the mind games of this pandemic are really starting to mess with me. Yes, Ben so did. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm not I don't know when I hear Pritzker talk about this, I get a little nervous. Well, Ben, uh, for those who may have, uh, you know, missed it last week. Yes, Ben did get his shot. And uh, well, quite frankly, I'm a little Alex Jones when it comes to these shots. I'm a little weary. All right. I'm waiting to see how people feel. So, Ben. How you feeling after that shot? Well, it's been a week now. Uh, it'll be a week on Thursday, right? Wait, hold on. Time out. Was it Thursday? I've lost track of time. Ooh, that's one side effect of the shot. Ooh, <laughs> feeling time. good though? You can feel your limbs. Everything's good. Everything's good. All I right. Took the bandaid off. The bandaid was off for three days. My wife said, "You know, you might want to take that bandaid off." Like, oh, yeah, good point. I liked it. It was like a. Like a great band-aid or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I feel fine. My arm feels fine. Back to doing my yoga, tree pose. Mm. All right. And, uh, good, good. So, uh, no, I look, there's no reason uh, to fear getting the shot if I'm an example of it, because I feel fine. There was one day the arm was sore for about 24 hours, but that's it, D. So go get that shot. Well, you're not old enough. You're a young man. Well, as soon as you can, go get the shot. I'll wait a little longer if I have to. Uh, <laughs> so wait, cancel our reservations for Red Lobster this weekend. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, Red Lo- I'm not ready to get back to Red Lobster. Damn it. Second shot. <laughs> I, I, I uh, like, I'm glad uh, Pritzker's feeling it I, i'm starting to wonder oh i don't want to be cynical and jaded uh but there's political ramifications here d i hate to say this thank god because we're know, a political I, podcast i love political ramifications 
And um, one of them is the fact that uh, J.B. Pritzker, there's just a sort of the sense that he's in trouble. Uh, by the way, you've been way ahead of the game. You've been saying that for, I think, six months. Every, I think June, when you came back from uh, your yeah. first pandemic trip to Alton and go, my God. You know, I think it was somebody- my it was my 80th Pritzker sucks signs where I was like, all right, this guy may be in trouble. <laughs> ben, there's Pritzker sucks signs everywhere. Uh, and that was uh, uh, downstate Illinois. And then I heard from people who uh, live north of us. And west of us, yeah, there's Pritzker suck signs. Seems like everywhere but Chicago and Cook County, there's Pritzker suck signs. And since I never get out of Chicago, I never get out of my attic. You know, I'm immunized. How about that? I'm immunized from the Pritzker sucks signs. But you were the first person that told me. And then you showed me those um, Facebook feeds from people that you know downstate who really oh, dislike yeah. Pritzker. Oh, you yeah. know, and I'm like, you know, JB, you're in trouble. I'm just saying with the downstate vote. Now, whether that's enough to elect a Republican, I do not know. Uh, but Rich Miller uh, weighed in on Sunday, and the, his lead was Dr. D is right. Uh, about damn time. I'm waiting for him to call me Dennis, but hey, I'll take it. Hey, Rich, come on. You could have given him credit. The guy was saying it months ago. But uh, Rich Miller was saying, you know, he was citing that poll that we discussed last week, which I didn't really uh, take much stock in. Uh, that was that poll done by the Republicans that showed Pritzker's in trouble. And the great uh, trend in that poll is all the undecided voters. So this is the issue, folks. Will Prisker be blamed for something that's not his fault? Like the p- pandemic is not Pritzker's fault. But so what? I mean, in politics today, like people, like they need a scapegoat. So will they blame Pritzker because, you know, they're sick of being in their attics. They're sick of wearing their masks. They're sick of not being able to go to the Red Lobster or go to their favorite movie theater or what have you. Will they just blame Pritzker? I get the sense that that's brewing. Yeah. He's the most obvious target to blame. And so when I hear that Pritzker's talking about opening up the state again, D, I wonder how much is politics playing in this? How much is Rich... Miller's column playing into this. How much is Dennis, Dr. D's reports from Alton playing uh, in on this? So I don't know. I don't want to be cynical. I don't want to be jaded. I want to believe in the science to quote Lori Lightfoot. But I got a feeling they're like, all right, we got to start opening up this state a little bit. <laughs> Who cares if people start falling again? I think we've all kind of like gone through all the different stages and phases of what the, of like assessing the danger of the, uh, the virus. Do you know what I'm saying? I think everybody has just come to the conclusion. Like I'm not exposed. I'm not really um, vulnerable. So I can get it. It's not the end of the world. By the way, speaking of Donald Trump, just a side point here, uh, the, all they were in the article was talking about doing the outreach uh, to Donald Trump, all hoping to get him to endorse getting the shot. Boy, guys, that's not coming cheap. Just saying it one more time. Donald Trump will want something for that. You want Donald Trump to do that public service announcement? You go, oh, no, Ben, you don't understand. It's for the betterment of society. It's for the good of the people. Yeah, right. <laughs> you better kick something in. And there's a lot of stuff that he could be prosecuted for. I've been reading all, one of the things I've been doing is uh, I hope Jim Coogan's listening because this is, you'll be called in to discuss this. Uh, Andrew Weissman's book. Uh, he was a prosecutor uh, in the Mueller investigation, worked right under uh, Robert Mueller uh, and talks about all the failures of the Mueller investigation and how they let uh, Donald Trump essentially intimidate them, push them around, shove them around. Fascinating reading, learning a lot about uh, how prosecutors operate, how they use the law, subpoenas to gather all these information against people, like damning information against people, and then use the information they gather to like pressure people into testifying against other people. Like if they wanted to get at me for some reason, they would look through Dennis's income tax statements, find some little juicy nugget where he broke the law, and then they would call him in. They'd call him in for a special meeting in the bowels of the FBI office in Chicago. Like, Dr. D, we could prosecute you. You're looking at five years. Really? <laughs> You're looking at five years in the clink. But if you spill the beans on that little hippie commie friend of yours, in the attic. Well, maybe we can talk to the judge, get it down to a year. Five years, where do I sign? Let's do it. Let's write them up. Get out of that bus. 
Uh, yeah, so that's how they uh, operate, and uh, they're they gathered all this dirt on Donald Trump, and you know they want to, you know they want to prosecute him. So you want that public service announcement? This part, drop that, drop that prosecution. Uh, but uh, so yeah, there's a lot of political ramifications going on here, D. I want to believe that JB Pritzker's immune to it, but uh, and the mask thing. That is so funny. What did J.B. Pritzker say? He's continuing uh, the requirement that we wear masks. Is that what he said, D? Mm-hmm. Like, like anyone's listening to him in MAGA country? Uh, memo to J.B. They haven't been wearing a mask in six months. Now, I saw a lot of people wearing masks downstate, though. I think, I think uh, you know, they've gotten over it. Ah, damn it, whatever. Give me that thing. And so I've, I saw like, you know, I went to the stores. I saw a lot of people wearing masks, but wow. I mean, but I saw like on Facebook, like photos of bars where bands are playing and not a damn person. <laughs> yeah. I Slippery slope. This is huge breaking news. We did not discuss it in the pre-show <laughs> meeting. It's huge news. I remember the first time you went uh, during the pandemic. Someone called me a pussy for wearing a mask. Yes. And then I think um, Cardi B wrote a song about it. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> we uh, with Megan the Stallion, who will be uh, appearing uh, at. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to make a stupid joke, which I'm not going to make. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, what they called you a pussy because you were wearing a mask. Was it? Was that at a gas station? I think how we completely avoided the word during that Grammy song, but now we're just leaning in. On- <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. It's different when it's the song. Or the- yeah, yeah. The Go two ahead. words that follow it really does make it not appropriate. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It was in the gas station, and I heard just a pussy. That's <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> oh, that's, Hey, that's the MAGA voter. You're going to try to re. You know what, JB? Uh, I'm going to give you a little political advice, which you're free not to take. Most politicians don't take my political advice. But I would just, I don't know. I don't think you're getting that vote. I, you know, the people who think Dennis is a pussy for wearing a mask, <laughs> don't think you're getting their vote. Just saying, I, that ship has left the harbor. That train's left the station. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now, and with Darren Bailey in, oh, my God, he's a rock star, baby. <laughs> like Deep Bon Jovi's running for governor to these people. So, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I think uh, JB's feeling the heat. But uh, in terms of the mask thing, you know, that, I just I when I heard that day, I was like shaking my head. The, well, OK, we're relaxing things uh, where it's going to be like, <laughs> and I know that all these metaphors, we're not going to switch on the light. We're going to turn the dimmer on. So it's going to slowly get bright. OK, not going to just like that dimmer. Whoa, an analogy. Hey, Pritzker. Did you study poetry in college, huh? And a metaphor, wow. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) But the mask thing is hilarious. You got to wear the mask. Uh, Okay. Well, it's good to hear, Dee. That's a good update. I'm really happy to hear that. More people wearing masks in the Alton area. Just in Uh, time, right at the end of this. Uh, (laughs) Just before they get the shot. Eh, By the way, I'm going to be wearing the mask even after I get that second shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's wearing the mask. He got the shot. And Ben is still staying home and saving lives. Take it away, accordion man. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, baby. Baby, I don't want you to go. Come on. Come on. Baby, I don't want you to go. Gotta protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. Take it to the bridge. Stay home. If there's nowhere that you need to go. Oh, yeah. Stay home. Hang low in your place today. Yeah. Protect this place. Bam. Stay home, Chicago. Hot damn. By the way, D, I hmm. still put my money on Pritzker winning. I know he's in trouble. I know everybody's worried. I still, I still say he's going to win. I think he'd probably uh, Pritzker versus DB. 
and I think he's going to win. You better open up those restaurants in the Viagra Triangle, buddy, all right? You better open them soon, or those people are going to switch over. Oh, you know that Bailey guy? He's in bed. <laughs> all right, so we have more stuff here to talk about. Uh, let's see here. We talked about Dr. ZK. All right. Nope, nope, we don't want that. Oh, Last night, Governor J.B. Pritzker was on WTTW's Chicago Tonight. Was he talking with Paris Schutz, Mayor Rahm Emanuel's least favorite person to talk with? No. He was talking with Amanda Vinicky. Remember, it was one year ago when Pritzker took that extraordinary step of issuing an executive order to halt dine-in service at bars and restaurants across the state in an effort to curb the spread of COVID-19. I have two audio clips from Pritzker on WTTW. Like to hear them? Here it go. Since that executive order, restaurants, bars, many small businesses have struggled to stay afloat. Can you give them, Illinoisans, assurances that the worst is behind them? You know, I feel better today than I have this entire year. Um, as you see, our numbers have significantly declined. The numbers of people going into the hospital, getting sick, uh, going on a ventilator uh, in an ICU ward. Uh, and we've got more people vaccinated than uh, on a per capita basis than any other of the top 10 largest states in the country. So we're headed in the right direction. And I think everybody should feel good about that and their ability to to go out to a restaurant and bar now is available to them. Governor, please put your phone on mute. <laughs> that is phone. Yeah. <laughs> that Usually they take the phones from you. The, the, in uh, Kenny Davis's old show, uh, which was a great show, Chicago, I think Chicago Newsroom, they, they would take your phone. I'd be like, you know, before you went on the set. Uh, no, I, I really, I want to hold on my phone. I have not. Give me that phone. I'd be wrestling with the. But you know, they're not going to tell the governor, uh, Governor, can I have your phone? No. You worry about him hacking into his phone. But wait, there's more. You talked then early on that sacrifice would be needed to save lives. Upon reflection, would you have done anything differently? For example, even should that initial order have been more targeted so that it could have helped small businesses not favor big box stores? Well, it's certain that if I knew then what I know now, we might have done some things differently. But as you recall, this novel coronavirus hit us and we were getting very little guidance from the federal government. The Trump administration was not much help at all and then became, frankly, a hindrance along the way. We had to really find our own way as a state. Uh, and I think we did so as best we could. Uh, certainly my focus all along, my North Star has been uh, keeping people alive, keeping people healthy uh, while keeping our economy going. Good question. That was legitimately good question. Uh, where's Lori Life when you need a good question? No, no, it's Hillary Clinton. What good question? But Amanda Benicky, that was a good question uh, because I think this is the struggle right now that Illinois is facing as they sort of try to assess. J.B. Pritzker's performance. Lori Lightfoot doesn't have this problem. I love pointing this out. You know, people in Chicago, they wear the mask by and large. No one doubts it. So she doesn't have to deal with this, but uh, J.B. Pritzker has to deal with this. And there was opposition. Oh, gosh, D. I went about a month in. There was just uh, the um, the movement against uh, shutting down the lockdown movement. The anti-lockdown movement uh, was already kicking in the gear. Uh, so now he has to deal with this notion of, did you go too far too soon? Uh, I think it's too easy a criticism to make against J.B. Britsker. You know, he was confronting, as he put it, uh, tough decisions in real time with lots of lives on the line, people freaking out, stories coming from Italy. We're forgetting what the world looked like back in March. The horrific stories coming out of Italy about all the deaths and how the, the disease was out of control. The stories coming out of New York. Cuomo did a horrific job. Right. Take that Emmy back. <laughs> uh, so, you know, people forget that uh, it, there was so much uncertainty and so much that was unknown back then and so much fear. And so uh, I think it's easy now to be the Monday morning uh, quarterback regarding J.B. Pritzker. But this is the reality, as we've been saying, this is the political reality. And uh, this is what he's confronting right now. People's attitudes starting to change and holding him responsible for businesses that went out of operation. And 
what he's hoping, of course, is that the aid from Washington will bolster these businesses and that there will be uh, a resurgence. If this happens, Steve, then this is just a blip. If, if there's a resurgence in the economy and clubs are open and uh, you know bars are open, restaurants are open, movie theaters are reopening again, in six months, we won't be talking about this. People will have forgotten. But this is where we are right now, is that uncertainty. Well, I recall, remember when uh, Pritzker was running against Bruce Rauner and the whole Quincy Veterans Home thing that happened uh, under Rauner, and Pritzker was just laying it in on him about that. I mean, kind of, you know, so it'll probably happen uh, coming up in the next gubernatorial run, right? JB will get that, right? Absolutely. It's already starting. (laughs) Yeah. It's already starting. uh, Yeah. You know, that's that's politics. You got to expect that you're the man in charge and you're held accountable for it. Uh, and um, ultimately, I think I still think that Pritzker is going to win the next election because uh, on top of everything else, man's got a lot of money D, to run a lot of commercials. We're going to hear all, if DB's the opponent. Woo, we're going to hear some stuff about DB. Uh, it's going to get nasty. Uh, so. Uh, but yeah, I forget what that, but there's that boxing uh, metaphor about if you wear the crown, they're coming after you, but whatever, I can't remember it. All right, and uh, before we wrap it up here, uh, real quick, let's talk some city news. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mayor Lightfoot's administration is seeking more information about the cumulative air pollution around a proposed scrap metal shredding operation on the southeast side, an inquiry that delays the city's permitting for the controversial business. The city has been reviewing an operating permit application from Reserve Management Group, which acquired Lincoln Park-based General Iron in 2019, the company has been building a new facility at East 116th Street along the Calumet River to relocate General Iron as the rebranded Southside Recycling next to RMG's existing business. In a letter Monday, a city environmental official told RMG that it requires more information to, quote, properly assess the relationship between and the potential cumulative impact of all reserve management group operations in the area. Air pollution throughout the southeast side is among the worst in the city. I'll go ahead and pause it there. I know we're going to be talking with Loreen and Byron about this a little more, but Ben, help folks out for those who may not know about this story. Catch us up. Well, uh, this is the, actually the, the topic of the column I wrote for last week's reader. I urge everybody to check out that. Uh, I took a mini deep dive. Brett Chase has been doing an outstanding job covering the story for the Sun-Times. Got to give him a shout out. He's going to be a guest on our show uh, next week. Looking forward to bringing Brett Chase on from the Chicago Sun-Times uh, to talk about this story. Uh, essentially, the city of Chicago uh, greenlit the removal of the shredding operation from the north side, from an affluent area on the north side, a relatively affluent area on the north side, to a working class uh, area on the southeast side of Chicago. He had Oscar Sanchez on the show last week talking about it. He lives on the southeast side of Chicago. And it just like sort of summed up politics in the city of Chicago. You know, you got this uh, noisy, obnoxious operation on the north side that all the upscale uh, well-to-do people are complaining about. What do we do with it? We need to move it so we can develop the area and developers can make the maximum amount of money uh, from uh, building on their land. I know. I got a great idea. We'll just dump it on the, we'll dump it on the south side. And uh, so the, I, the, it looked like a done deal, D. Looked like the deal was done. And then opposition was far more ferocious on the southeast side than anybody anticipated. There's been lawsuits. There's been uh, uh, the the residents on the southeast side have pressured the city, excuse me, pressured HUD into doing an investigation. The Fed's doing an investigation. So now suddenly like, uh uh-oh, political issue. You don't want to look like you're promoting environmental racism. So now like that final permit that the city needs to issue before – a reserve management group can operate that shredder has been withheld. They haven't released it yet. They haven't issued it yet. So oh, more studies. This was a, this was a, a, a car well along the highway to that destination of uh, permanent operation. And suddenly hold up. City is going to take a look at the, uh, the larger environmental consequences. We'll be talking about this, Lorraine uh, Targos and Byron Sichel Lopez. Uh, Lorraine Targos, of course, EPA scientist, uh, has a few things to say about the scientific impact. And Byron Sichel Lopez has been a leader, even though it's not his ward. Uh, he was um, 
he's closely aligned uh, with some of the activists who uh, they went on a hunger strike to force attention to the issue. So it's a pretty remarkable story, D. This thing is completely, and it was just, I'm telling you, it just had all the traffics of a classic Chicago done deal. Move it from the north side, put it in the south side, tell the folks there they're getting jobs. Everybody's happy. So there you are, everybody. We're going to be talking more about that with Loreen and Alderman Sigcho Lopez. Uh, I'm about to reach out to him now. But remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews like the ones over the weekend, and so much more, chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. It's true. You can find us online at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email, Show at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Uh, put your name and uh, where you're from. Kind of helps, you know, when we read here. Or if you want to be anonymous. We read an anonymous one the other day. Just do what you want. Send us an email, and if we like it, we'll read it. How about that? And you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. It's true. We have a phone number, 708 658 4788. The number again, 708 658 4788. I'm looking. Voicemails are a little dry at the moment. Call us up. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, Jim, where are you at? Bulls trivia. Let's do a little bit of that, huh? 708 658 4788. We would love to hear from you. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Lorene Targos. And Byron Sigcho Lopez. Don't go anywhere. All things Chicago political talk coming up and so much more. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show live from my apartment, not in downstate anymore, and his attic. Take it away, accordion man. Come on, baby, I don't want you to go. Come on, baby, I don't want you to go. Gotta protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. If there's nowhere that you need to go, play the radio. Stay home, hang low in your place today. Gotta protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. 